This is Cleantech Talk, Cleantechnica's podcast series interviewing cleantech leaders from around the world. This episode is being sponsored by Pono Home. Hello, cleantech enthusiasts. My name is Scott Cooney, and my company has done energy and water efficiency retrofits for more than 13,000 homes and small businesses, saving our customers more than $3 million a year on their electric and water bills, while also reducing more than 11 million pounds of carbon pollution per year. Would you like to start offering this type of service in your community and do it for a living, make money? You can. Check out homeefficiency.com for more info. We do flat fee consulting to help you get started with our model, training you, giving the inventory, tools, software, and support you'll need. No royalties, no hidden fees, no sneaky add-ons. You can just get started. Ready to work with your hands and make a difference every day? Do it. Go to homeefficiency.com. We're here today with uh, Peter, CEO of Northfold, Peter Carlson, uh, with two S's, uh, CEO and co-founder uh, over in Sweden. And leading our, our Clean Tech Talk discussion today for Clean Technica is Dr. Max Holland, uh, who's got a large list of battery-related questions for this bright up-and-coming battery out startup slash giant. I mean, I think you're sort of straddling those worlds right now. Um, <laughs> so uh, looking forward to the conversation. Thank you, guys. Take it away, Dr. Max. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, Peter, for making the time. I know you're very busy. It's a fast-growing industry, and you guys are trying to ramp pretty quickly as well. So thanks for sparing we the do. time. Yeah, thank you. Good stuff. Okay, so... Now, of course, most of our audience are pretty much into clean tech, but just for a broad audience, what is the mission statement of Northvolt? What is it you guys are, are trying to achieve? Okay. I mean, if, if, you, if, if you go back uh, a little bit uh, into the beginning of 2016, um, I've uh, stepped step out of, of, of Tesla and uh, was kind of thinking of... Uh, what is the, the next mission? And I actually thought that that mission was uh, more into helping other startups um, uh, uh, grow, uh, but 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 realized uh, that um, you know I, I wanted to do uh, uh, I wanted to make, to make use of my operational uh, background and 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 the experiences also uh, achieved uh, at, at Tesla, and we started to look at Europe, um, Europe from from a perspective of of um, a very strong commitment to the Paris Treaty, uh, basically uh, uh, looking at at the 80% uh, CO2 reduction over a couple of decades, um, that requiring a significant uh, uh, transformation of, of transportation, uh, getting oil out and, and in with with um, you know primarily batteries, uh, uh, electrification, but but also uh, fuel cells, and and uh, and also seeing um, the need of of a pretty significant uh, uh, transformation also of the power generation, uh, where uh, you know uh, coal, uh, natural gas, oil uh, needs to um, get out or come down dramatically and being replaced by renewable sources, and thereby. Um, I mean, the common denominator of, of both these transformation is a, is a huge need of, of uh, energy storage, and, and uh, a big part of that energy storage will come from from batteries. So that was on kind of on on the demand side, and then you, when you looked at Europe on on the supply side, 
uh, you know, uh, you have uh, Vartan and you have Soft, but they're uh, in in the big world niche players, and and so there was a uh, a pretty significant lack of of supply versus a huge demand, and that that was kind of the starting point where uh, where we saw that. Uh, this is probably one of the biggest impacts we could do uh, if we could build large-scale uh, uh, batteries in in a very sustainable way, uh, you know, to support uh, this this transformation. How how do you see more specifically now the this battery market developing? Everyone has a slightly different take on it. Mm. Um, obviously, we had well, we had EVs a hundred years ago, but we had a little bit of a sort of demonstration time for EVs in the 90 and then for various various reasons they they fell off and then in 2009-10 we see them start to pick up again how do you how do you look at this kind of evolution of the the battery electric vehicle space and now increasingly battery storage for renewables i am um I, I think there's there's three things coming uh, together here that I think will will drive a, uh, a tremendous hockey stick here over the next um, uh, ten years in in electric vehicles. One, one is just um, you know the, the the evolution of of uh, uh, battery uh, battery technology, both energy density, but but connected to that, um, the cost per kilowatt hour uh, of, of of cells, uh, where you you know, just gradually, gradually is is getting down down to cost parity versus combustion engine from 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 uh, uh, just a, a pure uh, manufacturing uh, point point of of, uh, uh, of view. Uh, secondly, um, uh, you, you're starting to see more and more uh, a clear consumer wish uh, uh, to to. Uh, um, uh, when specifically, I would say in, in uh, probably in, in uh, Northern Europe, where we see a very, very clear uh, uh, signs that, that people who are thinking about buying their next car is, is really concerned about buying um, uh, a combustion engine. Um, partly from, from environmental uh, reasons, but also partly because they're really worried about the secondhand value of, of a vehicle, of, of a, you know, a technology that uh, most uh, governments have, have kind of said this is going to be well, now, you know, whether it's 2030, 2035 or 2040, it's going to be an obsolete technology. So you're starting to yeah. see that also that customer behavior. Uh, and thirdly, you also see, uh, you know, where uh, the regulatory part, uh, you know, that uh, the, 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 uh, the EU emissions uh, is... Uh, requirements is 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 coming down very very hard, uh, and 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 basically requiring different types of of uh, new energy solutions in order to to meet the uh, the emissions criteria. So these three th- these three things coming together is is kind of a, in the. In the next, uh, you know, in the next coming years, I think it's going to drive a, a tremendous, much, much faster change than what most of uh, of the auto industry thinks, and and I think it's going to be putting a lot of constraints on uh, on on the the supply chain. 
in fact, I mean, now during the, this COVID situation, it is kind of interesting that, you know, when you look, uh, when you look at car sales here in, in Europe, it's, it's dramatically down, you know, with, you know, 50% and plus, uh, but, but if you take, uh, you know, in a number of markets, actually EV sales, I mean, in Sweden, it's up 80% year on year. Uh, and in Germany, it's up 140 something percent. So, so it's, I think it's also so that, you know, in order to get customers back into the showrooms, I think, you know, uh, the car companies needs to, 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 to also come and, and offer uh, new and sustainable products in order to 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 get back the uh, the kind of the, the demand that was uh, there before the crisis, and I think uh, I think this this pandemic pandemic uh, is uh, is actually going to accelerate some of these transitions because uh, I think yeah I think consumers have been uh, thinking about this uh, as part of it, and, and and I do think that now also after. Uh, after you know, getting the economies going after this crisis, I think every big government uh, around the world is is thinking of where, you know, where do I get the most uh, um, uh, bang for for the buck in in terms of of investments uh, in in economy and and uh, many of them like the European Union is is focusing on on so called green deals. What are what are the sustainable investments that will uh, make the, the 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 wheels go go faster? So I, so yeah. I think yeah, uh, I I think we we are we, we're just looking at that the very fast transformation uh, in 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 front of us, and uh, it's kind of fun to be in in the midst of that perfect storm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, obviously, we 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 cover this market in in quite close detail, and. Uh, it is exciting what's, what's happening, especially in Europe uh, mm. this year. Um, before we dive into those and, details, and on, on that note, uh, maybe I mean what, another thing that I think is is a little bit fascinating is is I mean uh, the strong driver in this. Well, uh, uh, when I moved uh, when I moved to to um, to Silicon Valley in uh, in, in in 2011, uh, you know. Uh, there was kind of with Tesla and, and and a number of startups. I mean, the electrification uh, was uh, uh, was very strongly uh, initiated, I would say, in in, uh, in in Silicon Valley. But but then you know China uh, took on very very strongly, uh, and and uh, also from from a, from a government point of view, uh, obviously, you know, having pretty significant environmental uh, challenges. But, but China has been kind of the driving force in uh, in, in battery development and, and electrification. Uh, but but if you look last year and, and specifically, I would say the last 12 months, there is, I, I feel at least, there has been a momentum change between China and Europe and where Europe is is uh, uh, investing heavily now and, and is really, really commitment, uh, committed to to. Uh, to go ahead, so so it's a it's an interesting dynamic between the different uh, uh, the different markets here. It certainly is. I mean, some of that is obviously um, down to some of the regulatory uh, environment. Absolutely. I mean, they changed that in China in the middle of last year, and and um, some of the some of the approaches of some of the smaller car makers um, didn't quite 
come through that regulatory change. Um, but I think in the long term, their regulatory change will, um, you know, it's aimed at having larger, larger models, models that can potentially uh, be exported as well. And obviously, you know, when you make a change like that, it sometimes takes a while to settle down. But um, I think they're still aiming for 25% of the auto market by 2025. So, so that's going to be interesting to watch. And then, of course, on the other side, Europe this year, as you say, these new um, emissions regulations. Um, mm. So the kind of the, the ball falls in Europe's court for a little while, and we're the ones um, pushing the char- pushing the charge forward this year. And yeah. yeah. Before we jump into the details of how the market's growing, can I just ask for any younger members of the audience listening, did you imagine yourself getting into this space when you were younger and starting out on your career? Has it happened in a somewhat planned way or like much of life in a somewhat accidental way? Did you see yourself being in this spot, you know, 20 years ago? No, <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I, I did not. And, and uh, you know, I, uh, I mean, I started my career um, in in uh, in the telecoms, in the mobile phone uh, era. Uh, so, so my my first kind of growth journey uh, was was with uh, with Ericsson and, and Sony Ericsson fighting Nokia in in the late '90s on on digital phones, uh, which which was also a fascinating uh, uh, race to 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 be part of uh, before. Uh, a small company from from Silicon Valley come with a new software and kind of took it all uh, over, uh, and and then uh, you know then I had the fortunate uh, um, opportunity of of uh, of being part of of uh, of that uh, that Tesla growth uh, uh, growth path on on electrification and and I think I think the Tesla years um, uh, really. Kind of um, both inspired me uh, in, in in terms of you know how you build uh, uh, you know how you build large large scale uh, operation from 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 scratch and and challenging uh, conventionally industries uh, and and the, the fact that they, it is possible uh, you know if you focus on on, on the right things um, uh, but also kind of seeing um, seeing you know very very clearly where. Uh, where you think that the industry is going in in the next uh, 10 15 years and 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 uh, and and you you kind of become a little bit frustrated that so so few others is is at least not daring to invest in in uh, in something a path that is uh, is is so obvious um, and obviously, I mean, um, we we started up this as as a you know as as a pre study. Um, yeah, we basically said. I mean, this this thing in Europe it looks too interesting not to try. So we uh, we put some money behind. We were uh, a small group, in, actually in California, um, that uh, started to travel around the world to do the assumption. I mean, is there is there an opportunity to 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 compete with with Asians uh, to do uh, a supply chain uh, setup in 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 Europe uh, that could both uh, compete in in technology costs and and, uh, and and also do it in a very sustainable way and and uh, uh, um, the, the more um, the more we uh, looked into it uh, the more um, 
the more we, we realized what uh, what an opportunity this was, but also the challenge is that comes with with uh, you know the high investment requirements that comes. Uh, this is uh, this is really an industry where you either go big or you kind of go home. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, so so uh, so so that 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 was uh, the, the challenge. But but to, to answer the question, your question, no, uh, you know, this was uh, was certainly not on uh, in in, uh, in in kind of a, um, an idea I'd had for for a long period of time. But it, it became kind of an an evolution of having an opportunity of of joining two two growth journeys and and seeing at least getting some insights on on where uh, where technology and the industry is going. And, and then it felt a little bit like, um, you know, with my operational background, this being a large scale game, uh, that uh, it um, it was a kind of a path that um, uh, that that seemed more and more obvious that I sh- at least I should try. Yeah, that's that's good. Mm-hmm. So let me dive in a little bit to the uh, the the speed and the scale of the transformation and. Northvolt's ambitions in relation to that. Um, mm. We've we've seen. You've mentioned that th- this year, especially Europe, is growing very quickly in the battery electric vehicle um, market share. Um, so, just to put it in round terms, there's around about 15 million light vehicles sold per year in Europe. So supplying 1% of that market, around 150,000 vehicles to be full battery electric requires around 10 gigawatt hours of batteries. Yeah, give or take. Yeah. And, um, And at some point, you know, notwithstanding some of the hype around uh, fuel cells right now. Uh, but at some point, we're imagining that probably, you know, getting towards 100% of the light vehicle market in Europe and in other places, ultimately, will become battery electric. So mm. for that to be the case, we're looking at a potential annual battery capacity or, or demand of of a thousand gigawatt hours to supply a hundred percent of those 15 million vehicles. Mm. Does that sound, does that sound roughly in the right, um, in the right ballpark? I, I, I do think so. Uh, um, um, yes. I, I mean, the, yeah. these are the kind of numbers that we are doing some, some back on the, on, on, on a napkin calculation. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, but, for example, the Volkswagen's ID, I think they're planning for the, the bet, the top seller will be that mid-range model with with a with a battery pack of around 65 to 70 kilowatt hours and i think for the europe and especially for the asian markets that's going to be yeah. that's going to be enough with if drivetrain efficiency is improving and and i think that'll be enough to get um pretty much yeah. uh, mo- most consumers on board so that yeah. being the case i mean we're looking at potentially when we're when we get to 100% electrification, we're looking at a thousand gigawatt hours uh, mm. of uh, manufacturing a year just for the Europe um, mm. market. Mm. Where do you envisage or what are what are Northvolt's ambitions? Mm. How 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 big a slice of that a thousand gigawatt hour pie 
roughly yeah. speaking, do you think Northvolt intends to be aiming for? How how much how much much of it will be sourced in Europe, obviously, right now. Some of it's coming from Asia. How much of that battery manufacturing pie is Northvolt mm. aiming for? Mm. So uh, to, to answer first, uh, you know, uh, a sub-question of that. I think, um, I think a majority, given... Uh, given the, uh, uh, the complexity of these supply chains, uh, the value of, of these batteries and, 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 uh, and also, you know, the industry's requirement of, of just-in-time uh, types of setup, I think a majority of, uh, of, of these volumes will be supplied regionally. Um, so, so whether it's, it's, it's Asian uh, uh, manufacturers or, or, or European or American, um, I, th- I think, you know, just like most other key components in the auto industry, uh, you will build regional uh, s- s- supply chain. So, so that's, that's kind of n- n- number, uh, uh, number one. If we look at, at what we think, um, we think uh, that over the next 10 years, um, there will be uh, what I would call almost like an industrial land grab. Um, uh, meaning that uh, the, the companies that have the sufficient technology, uh, and, and uh, I, I don't think you, you need to be extreme in technology because you, you, know, you need to be part of vehicle platforms. And, and uh, uh, you know, also the automakers will, will not very strongly drive uh, you know, single source on, on those, uh, those platforms. But, but as you are... Um, you know, in the lead, and you are, or um, I think that there is going to be three key, uh, uh, key uh, criteria for for success. One is is your uh, your scalability of your blueprint, and what I mean with this is is basically your ability um, to clone your capacity uh, in in an effective way, and and uh, uh, my kind of. Um, uh, my, my role model there is uh, another Swedish company, IKEA, <laughs> who's been, you know, just fantastic in in uh, in, in um, building uh, yeah. a, a retail structure that is uh, uh, is cloning itself. Now, now battery <laughs> factories is significantly more difficult than to build a retail outlet of, of IKEA, but the, but the yeah. thinking uh, is is there. I mean, what are um, what, what is the uh, you know the the number the, the way we're thinking is what what's the number of, of eight gigawatt hour blocks that we need right. to build uh, 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 around uh, around right. Europe in, in right order. and each of each of those is roughly one percent of the European light vehicle market uh, exactly exactly and and yep. each of them is is then consider, considering both of them. Uh, an expansion team. How do you build a factory, and then you know partners uh, around how you set up and, and commissioning and, and start up and and and, and scale uh, uh, scale this. So you you basically need a strong team around you around the blueprint. So that's number one. Number two, uh, in order to support that blueprint, you need a lot of capital. Um, right. It's a very capital intensive uh, industry. So uh, your ability to uh, uh, to raise uh, uh, the financial means of, of going after this is is uh, uh, is is secondary, uh, or or it's it's very important. And and here obviously uh, this is something that is very clearly understood by the Chinese government, who has been right. uh, feeding 
you know, strong financing to to the Chinese uh, uh, battery industry, and and thereby helping them grow. And number three, your ability to attract top talent, uh, uh, talent overall, but top talent uh, to to scale. Uh, this is is I think the the three factors in my mind that is is the key in order to deal with this. This in combination with with strong customer relationships, um, uh, I, I think is is. Um, is is a winning formula uh, for right. um, uh, for for where we are going and and the way that we are trying to build these these strong customer relationships is is with doing more uh, co development with with customers on on uh, yeah. cell design uh, so engage them more and and thereby uh, you know learn more from from each others but also uh, also to build. Uh, uh, build a proposition around uh, not just um, performance, cost, and, and capacity, but also around sustainability, and basically right. helping uh, helping the uh, the customers of building the lowest carbon footprint around their products as as possible, uh, but also. Uh, also working very very closely with with the customers as to at the end of life of their product to build uh, also a fully circular. Uh, flow. So, right. uh, you know, uh, 10, 10 years down the road at whatever uh, hundred thousands of, 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 uh, of uh, miles uh, that has been uh, consumed, uh, um, then uh, we are ready uh, and integrated with, with the customers to, to bring back that, uh, uh, that battery uh, to, uh, uh, to grind it and, and then uh, to recycle it, um, and, and there we are. Uh, we're doing some some really exciting stuff here, um, actually in in Westeros outside Stockholm, where we are now putting a place uh, in in a in small industrial scale, where we are putting a place in a hydro metallurgical method to uh, to separate the raw materials and and actually uh, also uh, recycling lithium, uh, which is. Uh, uh, not just cobalt, nickel, manganese, and copper, etc., yeah. but but uh, also yeah. bringing uh, lithium back in. And I think yeah, uh, this is as far as we know the first in Europe, at least, um, uh, to do that. And if you can build that, and then you know take that raw material, bring it back, and build new batteries, then um, then then you know you're building a pretty exciting company, uh, yeah. fully circular. Fully sustainable, and and uh, and uh, with a huge opportunity of yeah. uh, of scale. So uh, that's a that's a long answer to to your question. Uh, if you uh, want an, if you want a numeric answer, I would say we think that we need to build roughly 150 gigawatt hours uh, over the next 10 years uh, in order to get uh, uh, to get a good market share in Europe. You know, maybe somewhere around 20, 25% market share. We think that's doable. Okay. And if things, if things 150, so that would be 25%. So 60, that's imagining a 60% sales penetration of EVs in 2030. Well, it's not just EVs. I, you, you, you must also, you, you must also remember, I mean, the, the ESS market. Uh, yeah. Uh, but that's, you're planning growth. for around what 15, roughly 15 percent of your output. I think I saw in some of your charts. I mean, I, given that may have yeah. changed, but roughly mm. that proportion going to ESS. 
Yeah, I, I mean, somewhere in in uh, in, in that range uh, is uh, uh, is is an ambition, and I think yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, I think everybody is, is struggling a little bit to analyze how uh, how big uh, the energy storage market could, could be because it's kind yeah. of a new toolbox into uh, into a grid that is also transforming and and that it, and and and, uh, um, and 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 also we do know that that you know the wave of electrification of, of electric cars for example will push tremendously you know tremendous big peak challenges into city grids uh, also into to charging stations etc and and, uh, and 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 um, you know i mean there's two solutions to that uh, i mean one is is you dig up entire cities and and bury more copper uh, cables yeah. uh, i mentioned uh, uh, it yeah. or um, you're, you're starting to implement uh, uh, um, energy storage uh, yeah. to to um, uh, to bring in uh, power during uh, uh, low consumption hours and and use yeah. it for, for for charging. And I do yeah. think this 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 is is uh, uh, this is going to be big. I think it's going to be really really big. I mean, you can just look at some cases. Um, I mean, um, if you just look at at do small. Uh, uh, analytics on what happens when uh, when you want to charge all your city buses in in a location uh, because they've gone from from uh, from from gas and and biogas to 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 electrification. I mean that that could bring down a city. In, in, in <laughs> yeah, and we uh, don't and, we we don't know yet the extent to which I mean there's a lot of talk about the opportunity with electric cars of yeah. Having a ve- having a little bit of a vehicle to grid situation for those yeah. maybe 40, 50 percent of owners who, who, who have who can plug yeah. in overnight. I mean, we don't. Th- these are a lot of complex dynamics here. And, Absolutely. Um, and and uh, just, a, just a, a kind of a fun, uh, uh, fun, fun story. Um, Audi uh, launched its uh, e-tron um, at the, at the, the world uh, um, championship in uh, in uh, skiing that was uh, last year up in the, the northern city of of uh, uh, Orin, Sweden, and so they brought up 50 Audi e-trons to uh, to that event, and it almost brought down uh, the the grid. Uh, <laughs> so, so they had uh, they had to uh, bring up uh, stationary storage uh, in, in order to. Uh, to be able to charge uh, during uh, during the event, and I, and I mean it's just small scale, but we're going to see. I think we're going to see a massive, uh, uh, massive change in in that. Then. And and we have we have the tools to fix it, um, uh, but um, we are not sure how big this is going to be. But I, I'm very very bullish in yeah. in this. Good. I've got a whole bunch of questions here. Let's move on to some more slightly. Uh, technical questions then i've mm. i've seen previous interviews you've done where you in in early on a couple of years ago you were mentioning that the swedish hydro energy is quite a large part of your business model in a sense because on the one hand it's obviously 100 percent carbon free pretty much and on the other hand it's actually very inexpensive 
And yeah. I think I think you said something like your energy saving bill from locating in Sweden and accessing this very inexpensive carbon free energy might support something like 2000 staff salaries compared to paying that kind of energy bill in somewhere like China. Is that, is that, is that the, roughly the, the well, size of it? If you take the equation here, um, uh, um, basically, I mean, uh, the business model that we're building is is built on on uh, uh, on scale and, and vertical integration. So, we are um, uh, we're starting up and we're producing our own active material. These precursor and calcination processes, where you're you know you're taking your your nickel uh, sulfate and, and you uh, yeah. you're uh, your manganese and and uh, uh, your cobalt sulfate and and you you know you you putting it into precursor, making it fine fine particles and and, and then you mix yeah. it together with, with lithium uh, in order to make this this active. Yeah. This consumes a lot of energy uh, in, yeah. the, in these ovens, yeah, uh, and, and and kilns, uh, uh, etc. So so and and then you you produce a regular battery that also kind of can use. Uh, because you have coating and uh, coating processes where you have big ovens, and then you have formation uh, calendar you know, at the end of the process, uh, and, and so you, you know it's 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 a high energy intensive uh, industry, yeah. and and you know by the fact you know when we are fully built out up in in the northern part of, of Sweden in in Kulefti with our you know right now we're aiming for roughly 40 gigawatt hours. Uh, we we estimate we consume roughly two percent of Sweden's uh, electricity generation uh, up, wow. up there. Um, wow. so, so yeah, <laughs> so this is like you know um, to produce a, a kilowatt hour of, of battery, you uh, you basically uh, uh, consume you know somewhere mm, towards eighty times the amount of energy. Yeah, uh, and and and. And, and and then you know both your your cost of energy uh, really really matters, uh, but also the you know the the carbon footprint of how that energy was generated really really yeah. matters. Um, and and, uh, and and here I think yeah, I think we've found a formula where where we see that in northern Sweden uh, this hydropower that we can get is is. Roughly, it's a fourth or a fifth of the cost uh, uh, versus the equivalent uh, energy cost in, in in Germany, for example. Uh, it, it is uh, a fifth or a sixth of the cost. Uh, so, so the energy is five to six times more expensive in China, coal-based, uh, uh, versus our or uh, uh, or hydro-based. And 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 when you're starting to put that together in massive massive scale, then and you look at the, the equation of, of the bill of material, without going into you know very details. I mean, uh, the labor and the energy is starting to become uh, very equal components. Uh, and and if you can get to right now, I mean, you could get energy in in uh, in uh, northern uh, Europe for below two euro cents per uh, uh, per per kilowatt hour, which wow. is you know mm. it's um, it's making this really really beneficial. Yeah, and you're going to be running um, running the factories. I mean, they're highly automated, so I'm assuming you're going to be you're aiming to run pretty much 24 hours. So you'll have you'll have off-peak electricity as well 
Yeah, I, we we will, uh, and and that's that's another thing. I mean, we, uh, I mean, this will be a twenty four seven operation. You can't shut it down, and and it's so capital intensive. Uh, so it will be run uh, all all the time, which means that we we will need a continuous power, uh, and and uh, and then uh, you know you can say oh you know you need three thousand people uh, for for running this operation, but when when you think about it, three thousand people over five shifts over uh, you know half a million square meters of of, uh, of manufacturing space, it's actually going to be a pretty empty space. Uh, <laughs> Per, per operator, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, uh, and, and 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 I mean it's a, it's a it's a highly automated. It's going to be dependent on a lot of AGVs for for material handling, uh, uh, etc. And you run this this uh, production in in clean room and dry room, and and you know where your biggest source of moisture is actually your operators. Uh, body, yeah. Uh, yeah. So so uh, you don't uh, you know. You want a fair amount, but not too many. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Now, on this, on the low carbon aspects, especially with your energy, obviously you're also going to be re- aiming to recycle materials. This sort of low carbon tag that we can attach to Northvolt's product um, once you get rolling, do you see that as something which? I mean, obviously we believe that battery electric vehicles, anyway, are an environmental gain over combustion. Um, but to have yeah. this extra layer of low carbon uh, cell production, battery production, do you see that as something which already now at this stage of the market development has an intrinsic value to your customers and end consumers? Or do you see yeah. it as something that will become more valued as electric vehicles become the norm. Uh, I'm Mm. also thinking in terms of the European Commission who in 2023 are gonna be ruling on whether cars are assessed in terms of their full life cycle emissions. At the moment, they're mainly regulated in their in-use emissions. Do you see this as you sort of getting ahead of a coming cultural shift towards let's make the batteries themselves as green as possible? Is that something you see as having value right now or something that's going to grow in the future? I think, yeah, I, you know, I, I think there is two trends here is who is uh, um, who is playing strongly with us. Um, uh, one is, is, you know, obviously the, the car industry driving this transformation and, and specifically certain, uh, you know, uh, companies that have uh, that have come out of, of a diesel gate. And, and you know these beliefs among customers, etc. You know they certainly don't want to move into this transfer, uh, transformation, having a new question whether right. batteries are, are good or bad, and and you know how they're being produced, and whether electric vehicles is is you know better for the environment than uh, than than uh, you know a, a lean combustion engine. So. So obviously, I mean, they are driving very, very strong uh, sustainability strategies. Uh, And and this, uh, I think this has just been reinforced over the last uh, uh, the last couple couple of years that this component is starting to become more and more important of uh, of an uh, overall strategy. And, and, uh, you know, it's also starting to come 
uh, as as an awareness among consum- consumers, uh, which I think is is. Uh, um, thing. And the other uh, the other thing is is that I that I do think in 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 this um, uh, era of of. Uh, uh, of, of fighting uh, global warming and, and CO, uh, CO2 re- reductions, I think there is, an, uh, there is going to be a wave of required much, much uh, more uh, transparency among uh, industry companies to, to really show the entire book of, of emissions. Um, Right. Uh, and 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 I think this is going to be. Uh, I think we've just seen the start of this. Uh, mm-hmm. On, on uh, and and uh, obviously for us being able to both enable a, tra- uh, a transformation and help the car industry and other industries uh, uh, going electric, but also starting with a blueprint and a setup uh, where where we feel you know this is. Uh, this is the most sustainable path we could have taken. Uh, I think is 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 setting us uh, up uh, in 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 a good starting point for sure. And then um, the, the 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 vertical integration do uh, on on active material it do uh, requires additional investments on our side. It it adds uh, complexity to our manufacturing uh, setup. But once we figure it out, it also connects us also to the recycling in a, in a much better way than, 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 than others uh, will, will be able to do yeah. because then, uh, you know, uh, those, uh, those recycled materials, uh, the cobalt and the nickel, et cetera, we can bring them back into yeah. our precursor and calcination processes yeah. and, and, and thereby uh, build the, the full, uh, the full flow. So I, I, I think, uh, I think we found a really, really good blueprint uh, to build on, uh, and I do think uh, we will see a just stronger and stronger momentum of how important that sustainability aspect is going to be, uh, good. specifically for energy-intensive industries. Good, good. Yeah. That makes that makes sense. Um, now, initially, you planned to focus fairly exclusively on making cells and then with additional exploring of your customers needs and other stakeholders you realize there was also going to be significant demand for you guys handling the whole battery pack design and the bms and this kind of thing and so you're now thinking that's going to be a portion and i believe you have a you have a factory being built in gdansk in poland to handle that side of things um, but I'm thinking that ultimately, at least for some of your customers, um, they're going to want to have some degree of control over the battery pack design because different yeah. use cases required. So how do you see the kind of the value add and how do you see that balancing out in terms of your focus and the, the sort of services that you're offering, sales, packs, somewhere in between, a bit of both? Well, I, you know, the story, the kind of starting point was we, we went out to a couple of different industries, you know, obviously automotive, but but also in, into other industries and said, you know, hey, we, we have this proposition and you want to buy batteries. Uh, and, and pretty much, you know, everybody said, yeah, for sure, we want to buy batteries. Um, however, uh, everybody's vision of, of what, you know, buying a battery and uh, mm-hmm. 
really means is is very very different. Uh, you know, if you go to a, a, a utility company and, and say uh, you, you want to buy a battery, I mean they they would like to have a plug and play battery system solution uh, that they could implement into to to the grid. Uh, while you know, and mostly if I go to an automotive company and say well, you want to buy a battery, they you know they think about the cell. So it, yeah. it was. It, it kind of became natural that, that certain verticals, if we want to be part of those verticals, uh, then we needed to add on uh, the, the battery management system and, and uh, uh, some of the controls, the, the cooling systems, et cetera, and, and, and sell them uh, a solution. Otherwise, they, uh, they, they were not uh, interested in, uh, in, in interacting directly with us, but, but needed uh, an integrator. So that's, we see that path pretty clear on, on the industrial side, on the energy storage side, while we see that on, uh, you know, portable, you know, for, for, for power tools, uh, 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 e-bikes, et, et cetera, uh, there, um, uh, the companies wants, wants to do this integration on, on their own. Um, in, in the car industry, um, I think there is, um, uh, uh, there is right now an evaluation of the, uh, the best supply chain practice. Uh, certain companies want to buy a complete pack, pack. others want to buy modules, and others just want, want to buy uh, cells. And, and, and there is also kind of an architectural um, analytics as, as to, you know, how can you reduce the cost uh, from cell to, to, to complete pack level. Yeah. And, and could you reduce one layer uh, between the pack module and, 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 and cell? So, so there, is an, there is an interesting uh, development works that is specifically going on in, in the auto industry uh, where um, I think it is probably pretty difficult to be the middleman. Uh, you know, either you're kind of, you're, you're in the cell development and, and, and you might do a, a module assembly or you are, you know, the end customer and you do the pack and you might do the module. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a very squeezed space between uh, to be an integrator uh, or, over time. But but that's that's more of, of my uh, own uh, kind of, of reflection of, uh, uh, so. of, of, uh, of that space. Okay. Sorry, just to step in for a moment, just briefly, Zach from Quintech. I'm just curious, can you say a little bit generally, you don't have to name names, but in Europe, European automakers, how much how much they really seem focused on wanting to be a part of the design of the batteries, uh, the battery cells, um, the yeah. chemistry and that kind of thing? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, to, to, to answer that, that, that question, I, I, th- I think we... Um, uh, w- we see uh, a significant uh, uh, increased interest in uh, um, in learning uh, and building up uh, uh, own competence around cell design. Um, uh, um, you know, in, in in many cases, just in order to to be uh, setting the right set of specification, uh, and you can see, you know, a car company in Munich building up a strong uh, chemical department, uh, their own development. You see uh, another 
a big car company up in Wolfsburg, building a, a significant, uh, uh, you know, uh, prototype line, uh, a large organization. So I think you're seeing an industry who is really wanting to learn much more in depth uh, of uh, uh, of this. Um, then, um, in in what we have not seen, you know, is is uh, uh, is the path where uh, uh, the auto companies um, want to put a lot of money in to sell uh, sell manufacturing uh, as a standalone entity, and, and I think that's that's uh, because of, of two reasons. Uh, one is is that it's it is so capital intensive and. And and, uh, and and you know uh, this transformation that the auto companies is going through is requiring massive investments anyway, in yeah. in 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 R and D in new platforms in in autonomous driving uh, new software I mean so so you know on top of that to start up your own cell manufacturing is is few but uh, but then your approach to it I think is is. Uh, um, uh, is a little bit different between you know building just strong partnerships and you know to to the extent where where Volkswagen for example you know is has really built a joint venture with us and and we're kind of utilizing that joint venture to build build capacities and and and, and develop a product so I think you will you know you clearly see a much much more strategic approach uh, to. Uh, how to build this partnership, how to design, how to develop, and 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 how to build the supp- uh, supply chains uh, around it, and then you're you're seeing different types of philosophies around, you know, is this a, just a regular purchasing process? Is this uh, uh, you know a stronger integrated partnership, or even a, a joint venture setup? And I think we we're going to see a lot of interesting constellations around this uh, going forward. We haven't got a lot of time left. Couple of minutes, I think. So let me ask you a couple of quick fire questions, if I can. Not exactly yes no answers, but as close as you can. Energy storage products, is that something you're going to make and some of your partners like Vattenfall and Vestas and ABB, they'll be handling the kind of grid services, the arbitrage, or do you see Northvolt getting involved with? some of the services related to energy storage products? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, um, our, our aim is, uh, is to develop um, a really, really good uh, product proposition um, and, and then offer it to u- utility companies and, and uh, uh, energy storage uh, integrators um, uh, out of a couple, couple of reasons. Both, uh, I mean, they have, you know, large service organizations uh, already for, for, for the, uh, the grid. And, and also, uh, you know, we, with our scale up over the next couple of years, um, we're going to need so much capital in order to build the factories. Right, but right. Also, you know, and use utilize capital to for for installations is is going to be a, a very uh, stretched uh, approach and uh, uh, we're yeah. probably going to uh, stay out of that for for now. That makes perfect sense. That makes. Do you see any? Um, I suppose that my next question was about consumer facing products, but I suppose you've sort of just answered that. Also, that's something maybe further down the line. Um, 
I'm a little bit interested in your partnership with Scania for heavy duty uh, vehicles. Right now, there's a lot of hype in the US around Nikola Motor and their fuel cell trucks. Uh, I'm sure you haven't, that hasn't escaped your notice. Yeah. What's, your ti- what's your timeline and your thoughts about battery supply for heavy duty trucks and your partnership with Scania there? Yeah. Well, I, I think, I think, uh, um, um, I think you will see a very, very rapid uh, demand change on uh, deliveries and transports in cities. Uh, it was one um, uh, one uh, big uh, uh, truck and, and bus maker who told me that uh, uh, he thought that in within two years, 50% of all garbage trucks will be electric. Uh, in, in you know that is being uh, sold in in Europe. So so in in city delivery is in city. Uh, uh, transportation and in-city uh, services, I think, is 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 very is going to be very very uh, strongly driven by, by by electrification, and and I unfortunately don't think that many, including Scania, is is ready for this this strong wave, in, in terms of infrastructure and 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 capacity to to uh, to deal with this. Then you know, as we are developing better and better. Uh, uh, cell performance in in terms of of cycle life, energy density, uh, charge discharge. Uh, we're just going to see more and more application coming into to scope, um, and and uh, you know uh, the race between fuel cells and and batteries. Um, I. I, I leave uh, myself out of that uh, for for now because I I do think that um, uh, just the battery in the industry in itself uh, is is going to be having such a dramatic demand over the next uh, uh, ten years that uh, <laughs> any relief uh, with with more fuel cells I think would actually be beneficial. Okay, that makes that makes sense. A brief question on your battery chemistry focus. Paolo mentioned that initially you plan to focus on nickel, cobalt, manganese. We've seen recently lithium ion phosphate making a little bit of resurgence in, in China and, and Tesla using CATL's lithium ion phosphate. Are you you're planning to have fairly tight supply chain relationships with the mining companies mm. presumably you're wanting to stay somewhat flexible on the the battery chemistries and how they evolve in the medium to long term how are you balancing yeah. those two those two aspects the the mining the solid mining contracts but needing to stay flexible on the actual chemistries that you're developing yeah I mean, it's, it's it's a very good question, and and I mean, right now we we have kind of two focuses. Well, you know, uh, one which is a large large priority of our time. That's our first and second generation of uh, active material that we we build into to products. Uh, uh, you know, for for. 2022, 2020, uh, sorry, yeah, 2022, 2023, and then uh, the next generation, 2024, 2025, and these these are, are you know high nickel based uh, types of, of, of chemistries, and and um, and and where you're starting to see, uh, you know, higher and higher uh, also silicon doping in in uh, in in the anode. Then if you look a little bit longer term, um, and and say okay, how do we how do we get to a thousand watt hours per liter? Um, uh, then um, it is 
uh, it is likely that we see we'll see some 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 chemistry changes, and and uh, what we are trying to do right now is to keep kind of a flexible uh, uh, flexible opening uh, to this, uh, uh, and and uh, uh, and the reason. Uh, the reason for it is is that uh, you know we don't have a long history, so we can you know we can um, work uh, out uh, different paths with with partnerships with our own uh, types of, of uh, uh, development, uh, etc. And and it is um, it is a tricky path uh, uh, to 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 basically say is it lithium sulfur? Is there uh, is there you know solid state type of, of applications, uh, etc. So right now we are just trying to be on our toes. We're trying to evaluate them. And the thing we do see is that, um, you know, to go from, from initial, uh, you know, pilot, uh, pilot state evaluations and performance into large scale into applications uh, takes much, much longer time than, than uh, what, what this industry uh, normally forecasts. And, and, uh, uh, and, and that's, you know, one of the reasons that I, you know, even, even if we come up with really, really strong chemistries uh, here in, in the next coming years, for that to be evaluated into products, getting uh, scale up in, in, in manufacturing, et cetera, we're still uh, quite, quite some, some years uh, um, away in, in this. Uh, but it is exciting. I mean, it's never been so much money deployed in, in R&D and, and, and research in, in this field. And uh, uh, it is a really exciting field to, to, uh, um, uh, to, to participate in. I, I'm thank sorry, you. but I really thank, need to. Thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you yeah. so much for your insight and information. Uh, thank you both. And we have to continue the conversation. We have a lot more to, to discuss, I think. So uh, thank you for the time and <laughs> enjoy the rest of your day. I'm sure it's busy. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Peter. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Clean Tech Talk. Join us next time to get your electric fix. If you would like to sponsor our podcast, drop us a note. We are looking for more clean tech leaders to highlight on a regular basis as we fund clean tech talk.